Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I am very excited to introduce all of you to a friend of mine and also a colleague, Yope Struess. He is the owner and founder of Empathy Plus which is actually located a little bit outside of Amsterdam. So thank you so much for joining me today, Yo. Hi, Emily. You're welcome. Nice to talk here. Yes, exactly. It's so nice that our work creates friendships from around the world. Yeah, definitely. Yope is someone who does similar things to me uh, in that we both help people identify and harness their strengths, whatever their walk of life and career. And we work with people that are adults all the way to young people. But the reason, Yope, I wanted to bring you on today was to speak to something that's close to home for you, which is the topic of ADD and ADHD, and specifically how young people with that diagnosis can feel very much so like a standout. And I'm excited that there's a lot of discussion happening. At least I've been seeing more discussion in recent times about how this could actually be a strength or when um, that energy is um, used appropriately, it, it can really propel someone to do a lot of great things. But particularly in the school system today, this can be a real struggle. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and uh, what you see often, and I see it my with my own two kids, um, my two boys. The oldest one is diagnosed with ADD, and the youngest one is diagnosed with ADHD. Um, that what you often see is that they are judged on what they are not good at. While I see ADD, ADHD as a gift. Um, and uh, a gift which needs to be unwrapped carefully um, and that you should um, treasure these talents they have because they have talents uh, people without ADHD often don't have. Um, And what I learned uh, along the journey of discovering and dealing with ADD, ADHD is that we all... uh, that all of us are equal um, and that it is not about good or bad uh, or that you have to improve uh, on certain things um, because, um, yeah, again, we are all equal and, and one talent is not more or less, doesn't have more or less value than another talent. And it's, 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 it's important that we find ways to complement uh, each other rather than judging each other of... Uh, what the other person is not not good at, because we do that from our own perspective, uh, from our own um, um, point of reference. Um, And there, um, I think a lot of damage is happening. Wow. You just said so many wonderful things in that uh, short soundbite. That's uh, amazing. And I think for many people... Uh, a, a complete refreshing change that you just talked about ADD and ADHD as a gift. Uh, you know, I see a lot of parents have kids that are 
unique for one way or another, right? And sadly, a lot of times that uniqueness is not labeled as a gift. And I would say that's especially true in the circumstance of the ADD, ADHD community. So actually, um, no pun intended, but can you unpack that statement a little bit more for us? And for those parents that are saying, oh my goodness, somebody sees my child as capable and having something to offer, not just damaged here or, you know, this cast off misfit. So talk a little bit more. Why do you say it's a gift? Well, because um, our, uh, at least my children, uh, and I see it with many other kids uh, with ADD, ADHD, uh, very often they are very social, um, they are empathic, they are sensitive, um, and um, yeah, they, they, they have this um, caring modus, uh, they, they, they sense uh, very um, easily what, what, how others are feeling, um, and um, that is what we don't often see in society, because uh, what we often see in society at schools, uh, in business, that um, we are judged on what we're not good at, um, and that we are sent on, on, on training. You see it in your annual review, for instance, that they say, okay, uh, Joop, um, you're not good at this on this, and you have to work on that, and we send you on training. Uh, rather than that, they say, "Okay, these are your talents, and let's let's see how we can um, utilize these talents and uh, get out the most of it, not only for yourself but also for us as a company." Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And and there's this this like you said, the school system were weighed against this perfect standard. And it's all about falling short. <laughs> yeah, and and in the within the school system, what I see is that at school they say, okay, this is the method, the methodology we use, and this is what you have to deal with. Um, and uh, you know, for example, I know a kid um, with um, he was diagnosed with autism. Um, and uh, at elementary school here in Holland, at, at uh, one of the um, um, lower classes, uh, the, the lower groups, you learn to um, to tie your laces. Uh, and uh, that kid could tie his laces, but not according to the, the methodology. So at the end, um, he didn't get his uh, certificate, while the rest of the class did uh, get their certificate. Um, but the point is, he could tie his laces, and it doesn't matter whether it's according to this methodology uh, or not. Uh, the point is, can you tie your laces? Uh, and uh, if you look at, at school systems, um, if, if, if a child doesn't, um, his, his wiring, his brain wiring is not fitted with the, with the methodology, uh, teachers are saying you're not good at this, uh, so you need um, extra lessons to get on on a certain level. Um, rather than seeing what is these, what are the talents of these kids, and how can we use these talents to um, to learn the the, the stuff. Eh? Uh, schools are many are very often focused on teaching skills, uh, gaining knowledge, and not on um, 
recognizing and developing talents. So that is what I think the misfit is is uh, is taking place. Exactly, because when there's one right way to do things, that's setting so many students up for failure. Because we know, research proves that we have different ways of problem solving. We have different methods to getting to that end result. I mean, the system doesn't allow for different methods of how, and it dictates that rather than driving towards the result. It's can you do it in this specific way? Like you said, that's that's a recipe for misfits. Yeah, and, and, and I want to add, because um, um, now we talk. Sorry, we're talking about uh, teachers, but as parents, we tend to make the same mistake because we tell our children, you have to do it this and this way because it, this is the best way how it works. But that works the best for us. Uh, our children might might have a different way of problem solving. So we have to find out what is their way and um, um, let them um learn it uh how they how they solve their own problems um and what's work we what what works best for them right i found something just as simple as needing to get your room cleaned just defining hey your grandparents are going to get here at six o'clock so by five o'clock that room needs to be cleaned and here's what that means everything's up off the floor your bed's put together and i don't see trash chilling around, right? That's a clear result and a deadline versus I know some very well-intended parents that have very specific organizational systems and they have their their method for how things need to be put away and the order and the boxing and the organization. And that can be very stressful for a child and they may procrastinate or avoid doing it or have a tantrum not because they're unwilling to clean the room, it's just that specific method is difficult for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I hear you saying is we shouldn't assume that each child that has ADD and ADHD has the same how. No, That each no. child has a unique problem-solving approach. Yeah, and yeah. And we exactly. can compound the stress factors that might exist around ADD and ADHD if we're working against that child's innate way of you know dealing with the world. So step one, I think I hear you saying is you got to really dig into that child's natural way of dealing with life. And then we look at the ADD and ADHD and strategies around that through that lens of what's this child's MO. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that, that's it. That is what I what I say to to my clients and to the to the uh, the adults, but also to to the children and and the parents I work with. Um, discover their unique abilities, uh, and they might be different from yours. So um, there is not a perfect way of doing things. We all have our own way, um, and. Um, you will see if you if you know um, the the unique abilities of your child and you know his MO and you know what his talents are and you start to better understand each other, it it will also increase um, the bond between your you and your child because you are better able to understand each other. Um, you, you will value each other more uh, because of their strengths. 
eh, each other's strengths and, and how you can all have uh, benefit from it. I want to switch gears and go back to the conversation we started about schooling and the approach to schooling. Because you shared with me that Amsterdam actually has uh, an interesting or a little different approach to schooling than we do in America, at least on the whole. So, and, and I would say I think it's a, a model that we should really look at and consider adopting here. But talk, talk about that a little bit. What is, what is the difference? I think you've called it formative teaching. So what is that and what does that actually mean and how is that producing potentially better outcomes for students, particularly those who might be labeled a misfit otherwise? Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's a good point. Um, yeah, you have the classical educational system uh, where we say, okay, this is the methodology we use and, and here that's what we're working with and you have to, as, as a child, you have to adapt to it. Um, what they are experimenting now with is this way of formative teaching, which means they look to the child needs. What does a child need to reach his goals, to, to get his diploma at the end of uh, the study? Um, so that might be that, you, uh, that your child needs more, uh, get more specific information or uh, in a more organized way or... Uh, um, if you um, uh, um, if your child is uh, initiating quick start, for instance, uh, th that are the kids who are brainstorming or innovating, that you not tell them what to do, but ask them, what would you do? Eh? How would you solve this problem? Because then you get more uh, engagement than uh, just saying, this is the way we do it. And um, yeah, you have to deal with that. So, uh, but also um, implementers, uh, they, 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 they need uh, to work more with tangible stuff. So if you let them do it in their way, um, you get also better engagement. And, and, and you have the, the, uh, another um, benefit of using this formative um, teaching is that children do the topics on, on their own level. So um, you can have uh, English on, on an A-level uh, and, and um, uh, math or um, uh, history on, on, a, on a, lower, a liar, sorry, higher or lower level, eh, which, which fits to you, rather than saying, okay, uh, we all are uh, this year on this level, um, which might um, cause that people are missing the boat because they don't understand or, or they are underperforming because it's too simple for them. So you can each you can do each topic on your own level. And what you see is that um, children who are better than the advice what they got on elementary school, that they are uh, on some topics actually higher performing than, um, than the advice they were given. And then mm. you can see that children are um, uh, developing and, and getting more self-esteem because they come school from school very proud. Hey, mom, dad, I can do math on a, on a higher level. While the teacher from elementary school says, yeah, you are not smart enough to do this because 
you have you don't have the knowledge. Yeah, and we know about a uh, gifted kids that they they tend to be asynchronously gifted. So it's it's very likely that a child may need to be at a higher level in math, but on an average, or maybe even a lower level in English, for example. It's not reality to assume that someone is across the board the same at the same level. No. And that custom approach to uh, schooling yeah. makes so much sense. And yet I appreciate that it's not easy to snap your fingers and overnight be in that model. But as you know, someone with my own kids in the school system and feeling this with my older son, there you can see that um, gravitational pull towards teaching to the average. And when your child is not the average, it can feel like this huge uphill battle and that you constantly, you know, are saying the same thing to the teachers and to the principals. And uh, again, I've, I've been through that a little bit on my own and I'm not ascribing any negative motives to the folks in the system. It's just that can be our experience when you have a child that is, you know, quote unquote, not average. So what, what would you say to parents who are in that experience right now? How can they best advocate for their kids inside of the school system? Um, well, always st uh, stand up for your kid anyway. Um, no matter what, what school is saying. And, and um, about a couple of years ago, I was a um, member of a board uh, where... Um, partly teachers and parents advised um, the school principal about um, a policy kind of stuff, so not individual stuff. And um, as part of the, um, the parents um, part of the, of the board, I was invited for the team training uh, about uh, how to communicate with the parents. And um, uh, I... I um, I try to explain them that it is very important that you have open communications uh, between teachers and parents and that you should have together a, a shared goal of getting these kids um, along the school um, and that we should uh, use um, the teachers' expertise, uh, their professional um, knowledge um, to help the children, but that... Um, you should take the, the parents' experience. Um, they know their kids the best. Uh, use their knowledge uh, as well and, and work together uh, how you can help your child. And um, uh, what you see is that, uh, at least in Holland, that, that um, parents are uh, uh, more and more involved in activities in school, like... Uh, uh, school trip to uh, to uh, um, uh, um, yeah for to a museum or for instance or um, Christmas breakfast or Easter breakfast they need they they are more involved but you see then also that some parents think they should um, how do you say uh, have something to say about what's happening in the classroom. Well, that is not the intention, but you should look as, as parents and teachers how we can help our, our kids the best. What do they need? 
open communication frequently. So not only the, the, the at, at, at the end of each uh, trimester when the, when the reports are given and, and, and in this 10 minutes conversation, because what you see is you get a lot of surprises then. Uh, in the, if, if something is happening in the meantime, uh, keep the lines open, communicate what you see as a, as a parent, but also as a teacher. Uh, and see what you can do to help your, the children. I love what you said about you know your kids best. And that's really why Mothers of Mis Misfits podcast exists, because we know our kids best, and we see them as talented and capable and really having something to offer. And I know the parents listening or the coaches, the educators, you know, those who are really advocating for their kids or a child in their life, they're out there every day helping others to see just that. So thanks for the good work that you're doing, Yoke. Thanks for sharing your story with everyone today. Uh, and, and we just really appreciate um, your encouragement that we all really needed, particularly around the topic of ADD and ADHD. You're welcome, uh, Emily. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We also invite you to visit us at mothersofmisfits.com.